This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? Jolly devil. Welcome to DHN Cover to Cover for Saturday, August 8th. My name is Matt Bum. Got out of bed. It's time to rap about nerd stuff and things. Sitting across from me, Mr. Joe Patrick. Introduce yourself. Say hi to the kids. Hello, I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 1030, uh, you know, barring accidental video closure, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to rap about the week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. You can call us at 402-819-4894 or click our Facebook call now button or chat with us in our Facebook live chat if you want to get in on the action. And nothing is out of bounds. We can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be the news. It can be about something you read, video game you're playing, movie you're excited for, movie you hated. It doesn't matter. Anything you yep. want. Nerd stuff is the only rule. I don't want to talk about, like, vexillology, which is, like, flag collecting. Because that's not, I mean, that's nerdy, but that's different nerd. You know what I mean. If you cannot call in live, feel free to leave us a message or send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But before we open the phone lines, Joey, we need to talk about some nerd news. Nerd news? All right. Well, Marvel has announced two more casualties from their post-COVID shutdown comic line. That's been a popular theme lately. NBC laid off a bunch of folks this week, too, from what I understand. Mark Wade and Kev Walker's Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme, and Ed Brisson and Aaron Cooter's Ghostwriter, both series ended suddenly after their most recent issues. Uh, Ghostwriter was announced, or rather, it just didn't appear in solicits for a while. Uh, but Marvel didn't say anything about Doctor Strange, yeah, uh, until you picked up the issue this week and read it in the back. <laughs> it's uh, obviously they're making hard choices. I don't know if this is the right time to be making hard choices because like how much money is not printing these two books really going to save? Is it something insane? I don't know, but I also don't mean Mark Wade probably earns a fair bit. I'm sure Mark Mark Wade's a big name and they're paying him a good amount of money. And it's too bad because this series is fun. I have really enjoyed it. Has it been great? No, <laughs> but it hasn't been terrible either. Every time I've sat down and read it, it it's been fun. Ghost Rider started kind of fun and then completely petered out. And I, I'm not like coming at Ed Brisson. I don't know. Is there something fundamentally wrong with Ghost Rider that we need to talk about? Can we not have a good Ghost Rider series? I mean, that's... Well, I feel like both of these characters have a hard time catching a break sometimes, even though like, you know, the Jason Aaron... Uh, Doctor Strange ran up for a pretty long time and then even when it was rebooted and Mark Waite took it over that ran for a couple of years yeah I loved Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider as well I did too it was great and that ran for a long time do you think maybe like we're just seeing what happens to maybe B-list characters like this in a COVID environment where we don't have normal comic shop traffic and people aren't buying comics anymore it becomes very apparent who what characters can and cannot sustain a monthly book I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that that could be part of it is that people are more judicious with their spending. Sure. Um, 
so Marvel does still have Doctor Strange appearing in the ongoing Strange Academy, but they have not announced any further solo adventures for either of these characters. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like, and Ghost Driver still appears in the Avengers. I think we're at a point now where it's time to say characters like maybe not Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is a little it, more high profile, has a movie, you know, he's an Avenger and stuff like that. But a character like Ghost Driver or Ghost Rider, maybe they just need to be told in limited series every once in a while when you have a good story. That could be, and maybe that that might be the model we see going forward with a lot of these, you know, lesser yeah, characters I, I, of lesser popularity. I just, I don't really care about the whole, like, I don't know, demon haunted or possessed Las Vegas crap that, and like, Ghost Rider is like running hell and stuff. That's not the Ghost Rider I tune in for, you know what I mean? I think we just need to take Ghost Rider back to his roots and just be the spirit of vengeance again. And just go fight monsters and stuff and protect us from supernatural threats and be misunderstood, you know, sort of like a Hulk type character. Like, I I don't like him on a team. I don't care for the new Ghost Driver at all, but it's not even because the character is like, you know, new or of, you know, Latino descent. It has nothing to do with that. I hate that he's in a car. That's dumb. I want him on a motorcycle. Just please. (laughs) I, I don't understand why I have to keep toying with ghost rider instead of doing what ghost rider does best and that's ride a motorcycle and beat up demons you know tell a good story that's all we need yeah it was definitely a different take on the character um and i agree with you like i kind of fell off after the first few issues but you know i in theory i do love these two characters yeah i do too and i want to see them you know, thriving in the Marvel universe. Let me ask you, where are you with Ed Brisson? How do you feel about that guy? I think Ed Brisson is pretty hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, Though I like the stuff that he hits on. I've really enjoyed. Uh, I think I was one of the, I I think I was one of the few people that actually really liked um, his X-Force miniseries. That was about kid cable. It was fun. Yeah. I liked it too. And uh, uh, that kind of spun out of that extermination little uh, X-Men mini event. Yeah. Which I also really liked. Um, but he's also written some stuff that I just thought was kind of meh. You know, I thought damnation was fine, but uh, yeah, like the whole, like Las Vegas is hell or hell is in Las Vegas yeah. and Mephisto's locked up in the casino. Yeah. Kind of silly. <laughs> so, I don't know. Although uh, I did like it when they, when we've recently, we're going to talk about heel and face turns, uh, on the show too. But when Moon Knight took the, uh, heel turn and showed up and just murdered Mephisto with a Mjolnir that had like Moon Knight symbols on it, <laughs> taped to it. Basically <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. I haven't read that issue. <laughs> it was the second Avengers storyline in the Moon Knight thing that's going on, which yeah. I don't know if it's even happening anymore since Marvel's under full attack from plant people right now, but we shall see. In good Marvel news, U.S. Agent is returning. Marvel is bringing U.S. Agent back with his own series this November, and Christopher Priest is going to be writing, along with Stefano Landi on art. This is going to be... Landini. Landini, pardon me. Stefano Stefano Landini. Landini. They are bringing back John Walker all over again in the U.S. Agent number one. Now, before we go on here, who is John Walker? He's the U.S. agent. But I mean, before he was U.S. agent, who was John Walker? Like a brief, a brief history of the John Walker, if you will. 
He was Captain uh, America at one point. Well, he was he was originally introduced as a character called Super Patriot. Right. In an outfit, in and, the most ridiculous outfit. It almost <laughs> looks like a Confederate flag. <laughs> uh, he was part of a group of Captain America knockoffs that were given superpowers by the power broker. So he's got like super strength and stuff. Right. The bold urban uh, and, commandos, I believe. <laughs> <were their name>. <laughs> <laughs> and when, uh, when Cap quit being Captain America, or was he fired? It doesn't matter. When Captain, when Steve Rogers uh, was no longer Captain America, briefly in he abandoned the 80s. his identity due to the Red Skull's manipulation of the Commission on Superhuman Activities. So he had right, to walk there away. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, then uh, John Walker was chosen to replace him as Captain America. Right. Steve put on uh, the black and red version of the costume that. John had been wearing previously (laughs) (laughs) and he became the captain uh, for a little while. And then everything got much better. Uh, Cap, Cap, Cap came back. Uh, John Walker became the U S agent. He became an Avenger. Uh, He was in the West coast Avenger for years and years. He was always kind of an asshole though. He was kind of their guy gardener, right? Yeah. He's kind of their guy gardener. Exactly. Yeah. Like not necessarily a bad guy, but definitely a jerk. Now, at one point, and we were talking about it before. Hardcore Republican, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, big time. That sort of thing. At at one point, he lost a couple limbs, too. We were talking about this. Yes, he (laughs) was fighting. Uh, He was in battle. Uh, This was during the Dark Reign uh, kind of storyline. He fought uh, Nuke. Oh, I forgot about Nuke. Who at the time, I believe, was in the Thunderbolts, or at least he was part of Norman Osborn's, um, you know, villains acting as heroes nonsense. Right, right. And yeah, Walker lost an arm and a leg. He got himself a robot arm. A weird robot arm, But he arm refused too. to not have a, his legs fixed. Not a sexy robot arm either. Like, just a robot arm with, like, a weird hook. Like a prosthetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not even a robot arm. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so he was, he became the warden of the raft during the run on Thunderbolts where Luke Cage was in charge. This is a guy that personally knows. I really knows, liked that run. This is a guy that personally knows Tony Stark, by the way, and could have had robot leg and robot arm or a robot He refused. Suit. He was like, nope, yeah. I'm accepting this loss. He refused technological fixes. Yep. He's too proud. He was such an asshole. He wouldn't do it. Well, he's feeling much better now, apparently. He's feeling much better now. <laughs> uh, and here is what Marvel.com has to say about his miraculous return. Unconscious and against his will, Walker became fused with a brain dead symbiote <laughs> oh. in an alternate dimension. Oh, <laughs> is that right? as a result, he more or less, quote unquote, regained his missing left arm and leg so he and grew returned him, to his U.S. agent identity. He grew him back like a lizard. Like a lizard, yeah. Gross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this was during, uh, this was right around the time that Sam Wilson was uh, running around as Captain America. Okay. Was this in the pages of Captain America? I have no clue. Yeah, I don't remember any of this. Regardless, he's back. I like the new outfit. It looks cool. 
Uh, it's okay. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think it looks kind of, I think it looks a little silly. He looks a little more rough and ready. He looks like he's going to start some shit. And I think like Chris- he's wearing a long sleeve tux. He's like wearing a long sleeve. Uh, no, he's wearing a tuxedo t-shirt over a long sleeved t-shirt. <laughs> I don't think it looks quite that bad. <laughs> it does have uh, the weird button flap yeah. with the American flag, you know, stripes on it. And it's like peeled back to show a star and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I really like Christopher Priest. I'm glad he's working at Marvel again. I hope he stops working at Dynamite and does more of this personally. But yeah, I also get yeah, it. You got to make money. I, like I have, I have always loved the U.S. Agent. You know, I you know I'm a big Guy Gardner fan too. I don't know what it is. Uh, I I I think he's a fun character. He's a fun foil. Yeah, for like the traditionally like straight laced superheroic. There's always something fun about that character. That's like, look, you're a good guy. I'm a good guy. I just think you're a total weenie and I'm going to take care of this the right way. And my way is the right way. Deal with it. Like that's always been kind of fun because yeah, they are good guys, but at certain points, Captain America has to show up and goes, you have to stop this. This is really bad. What you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. Should be fun. It should be fun. I, I, I like that artist a lot and I'm a huge Christopher priest fan have been for years. Uh, you know, and it, you know, like we were saying, it's five issue mini. Yeah. Ain't nobody in their right mind announcing a U.S. agent ongoing series right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that's something like this is perfect. It's a five issue mini. You, you get a good creator that can tell pretty much any kind of story they want with the character. Because like you said, last time we saw him, I guess he was sitting in another dimension having sex with a symbiote that helped him grow his limbs back. So I think that's exactly how it went down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is the perfect place to do something like this. And there's no reason why you couldn't do something like this with ghost driver or ghost rider or Dr. Strange too. Maybe we don't need monthly series for everybody is the moral of the story. Right. Moving right along to captain Marvel too. Yeah. Disney has reportedly nabbed Candyman director Nia DaCosta to helm Captain Marvel Part 2. The director is known for her breakout film, the 2019 Western thriller Little Woods, which I have to admit I have not seen or heard of. I don't know it either. I know she's very hot right now. <laughs> she is, yeah. Uh, she also directed two episodes of the British crime drama series Top Boy. I don't know what that is either, but it doesn't sound like a crime drama series, does it? Sounds like it might be something else. <laughs> It means something different in England, Matt. Get your head out of the gutter. I'm just saying. Get your head out of the loo. I'm just saying. I watch a lot of gay porn. I know how it works. Okay? (laughs) I get it. Uh, Deadline reports that after meeting with several other directors in an effort to give Captain Marvel's uh, sequel a fresh voice, Marvel Studios decided that DaCosta should take the reins from the first movie's directors, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who did a great job. I love that movie. Yeah. I, I don't... I'm fine with this, by the way. This is not me like saying, oh, they're bringing in a black woman. That's not me saying that at all. But it does seem kind of weird that they took it away from them, right? Because they did a great job. Uh, well, I mean, they, they, have been talked, they have been talking about committing to finding a female filmmaker. And I get that, but it's like you're making uh, plenty of- For the of- sequel since it was announced. Was it, it was co-directed. One of them was a dude. Oh, okay. I was going to say, well, Anna Bowden is a female film director. Why doesn't she just get to do it? I don't know. That's just it. I, that's just what I thought was kind of weird was all like, all right. I mean, fine. Uh, I just, I think DaCosta's got a lot of buzz. She directed and co-wrote the upcoming uh, Candyman reboot, 
which was a 1992 horror movie starring Tony Todd. Love it. God, I love Candyman. Although there's a lot of poop in that movie. And if ugh, ugh, freak me out. <laughs> this is gross. Of course, uh, Brie Larson is coming back. The screenplay is being written by Megan McDonnell, who is a story editor on the upcoming WandaVision. Right. And uh, I think this is great news. I, I think that I think she's got the chops. I mean, let me let me backtrack on that. A little well, I was gonna say we don't know. I have never seen any of her work. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I know, she's, but she's got a lot of positive buzz. Yeah. she's got a lot of like people in her corner right now. I trust Jordan Peele. And I think that this and is an hand, exciting choice. Jordan Peele handpicked her to do the Candyman sequel that he's producing, and I trust him. So I have a feeling. That could be fun. And there's no reason why another Captain Marvel movie couldn't be a lot of fun. There's all kinds of speculation as to what it's going to introduce. Everything from Fantastic Four to elements of the X-Men. I don't buy any of the X-Men talk at all. Maybe Fantastic Four stuff because it is in space. Um, I think the only thing we do know or at least are pretty sure about is that it's going to uh, be back in the modern day. Right. Since she did catch up to the Avengers time and uh, they already cast adult, uh, adult Monica Rambeau, which is neat. So we will see. Hope I am excited for this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to a Captain Marvel sequel. Um, I just hope we get any movies at all in the next. <laughs> yeah, that's really in the next several years. That's really the big thing. I just saw. An advertisement this morning while I was reading on uh, one of the comics news sites. It's like, in theaters, August 28th, New Mutants. And I was like, uh-huh. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep, we're a, all going to go back a, to school and I'll see you at the Super Bowl. Everything's perfect. You know? <laughs> there's an ongoing joke in uh, this movie group I'm in on Facebook about how they keep, uh, they, every time they announce, uh, every time there's a new commercial for Christopher Nolan's Tenant, uh, they're like, man, can't wait to hear what the new date will be. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, now it's like indefinitely moved back as well, which John Tavertic and I had some fun on Twitter where we were going back and forth with like the meetings that they were having. They're like, if you can't write an ending that makes some kind of sense, we're not putting this movie out, Christopher. Do you understand? It has to legitimately end. And he's like, fine, then I'm not making the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Final story, Star Trek, Lower Decks. We finally got the Star Trek cartoon that we've all been screaming for. Joe Patrick, how do you feel? I mean, it was all right. It was all right. I, okay, so the early reviews came in from, you know, people I follow on Twitter and whatnot and some TV people, and they're like, yeah, I really liked it. It's a lot of fun. I think there's room for this in the Star Trek universe. I don't disagree. I think some people violently reacted and they're like, it's ridiculous and this is not my Star Trek and we don't need this. And it also drudged up a bunch of talk about the new Star Trek movies. I guess reportedly Star Trek four is in play again and they're desperately trying yeah. to figure out what to do with it. And I don't know. I thought Lower Decks was fine. I don't think it hurts anything. It's not like it. it's blatantly poking fun at Star Trek mythos and hurting feelings. I just didn't think it was hilarious. I thought it was cute at best. You know? I yeah. Like I, I am not one of those fans that gets all butthurt when there's a different take on something that I love. No. Or, or even like a parody version of it. Like, right. So yeah, do, do a fun Star Trek cartoon. Great. Uh, I watched it. It's 
very Rick and Morty esque. Very definitely, they know what they're doing. Uh, l- less filthy, I suppose. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's, it like doesn't take any chances either. You've got an animated show where you can literally do anything you want. Like look at any Rick and Morty episode, and the the journey they take you on in twenty two minutes is insane. This was just kind of like, hey, we're on the starship and we're making jokes and it's fun. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you said. Like, <laughs> you know? I'll keep. I'll keep watching it. I did. I found it very inoffensive. It was easy to watch. It didn't knock my socks off. I didn't. No. I. I can't sit here and say, "Oh man, it was hilarious." The only thing that really got me was the credits looked exactly like the credits from Star Trek: The Next Generation, and I was like, "Oh, I did love that. That's fun. I did love that. A <laughs> like, lot. that's fun." But I think they could have leaned into stuff like that more. You know, play up on the meta ideas of Star Trek on how it's continued to change and stuff and, and like have these other aspects of Star Trek that are kind of weird and don't necessarily fit anymore, but they're on the animated show as well. And we're like, Oh, we're trying to figure out how to deal with that. You know, play up on that. That's creative. This was just kind of whatever. Um, as far as conversations about another Star Trek movie, it seems like a lot of people, and I don't know, people that scream about shit on the internet will say that are like, look, there's just no room for these movies in my heart. Now that you've done such a great job with star Trek on the CBS app and star Trek on TV, where it belongs as seems to be the popular thought, we don't need any more of these Chris Pine movies. And while I liked them, they were a lot of fun. I totally agree. They do not feel like the star Trek that I love. And they definitely do not feel like this new CBS Star Trek universe. Do we need a Star Trek for what? There's a lot of debate about whether or not these new shows on CBS all access actually feel like Star Trek. And I get it. Um, And part of that is because they are not episodic. They're serialized you know, they're doing the Netflix style right uh season long arc that doesn't work for some people that's not what that's not what feels like star trek to some fans and i understand that isn't that what they're going to do with the new spock series though is going to be more episodic maybe i that could be i don't i don't remember okay i think um, that's a rumor i saw but you know and also you know as much as i do love star trek discovery it is completely different no without a doubt And I think it leans more into sort of like the territory of the later Star Trek, the next generation movies, which why? No, they weren't all great. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they were the best things ever. I do like them. Okay. But in the sense that we're going to flesh out these characters more because we don't know if we have seven to 10 years of TV series for you to fall in love with these brand new characters again. So I don't think it's a bad idea or it was a bad choice to do a season wide arc where we really followed like Michael, for example, and learned about her and learned about her family and her past and how she's coming up in the Federation. And in doing so we learn this is how the Federation's working. This is how it looks. And there is all this stuff that is legit. Star Trek feel noises, bleeps, the way they're dressed, yeah, yeah, the way characters uh, carry themselves. You know, it, the, I loved it, and I, I think it feels. No, I love it too. I love it too, and I, I think like another criticism was that, uh, and again, this is just stuff that I've read, not stuff that I feel. Um, is that it was a mistake to set it prior to the original series because 
They've got so they've got to bend over so far backwards to explain why is their technology so much more advanced? Why do they have an instant teleport drive, which is something nobody has ever seen in Star Trek? Right. I mean, why? Uh, like, why has Spock never once mentioned having a sister? <laughs> if you kept watching, I think they did a pretty great job explaining by the end of season two. Why we have never heard of Michael Burnham before? Oh, now. absolutely! They did they did a wonderful job of it, and and without spoiling it, in season three, it's going to be a non-issue, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's going to be a total non-issue. Now, back to what I was saying about the Chris Pine Star Trek movies. I they're just action movies. They're fun sci-fi action they movies. Are. Yeah, but I love them. I love them. I yes, do. Yes, give me another one. I don't even care if I don't get another one. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt me either because there's so much well, good star trek content on cbs right now well yeah it's not gonna hurt me either if black widow never comes out but i still want to see it that will hurt me i'm gonna be really upset if that doesn't come out i need that because i need to see what happens with marvel moving on after endgame but we'll talk about that more in just a minute it is time to open i the also really lines. love the red guardian i do too <laughs> and i can't wait for the red guardian spinoff show on disney plus uh joe patrick before we open these wait, phone lines nerd bet do we see Ursa Major no. in Black Widow? No, no way. No. That, okay, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, like that would be, it would be instantly my favorite Marvel movie. Even if the rest of it is trash, I would still be like, fuck yeah. We got mutant bear, big mutant Russian bear on the screen. This is the best. <laughs> all right, set up the question of the week so we can open these damn phone lines and we can talk about all these things with you nerds live. All right. This week's question was submitted by us. What is your favorite heel or face turn in comics? We are talking about heroes becoming villains and villains becoming heroes. It's some of my favorite stuff. It is so much fun to read. Ugh, I can't wait to talk about this to you nerds. The phone lines are open. 402-819-4894. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? I've had too much coffee. I apologize. <laughs> JD, get a catch. Good morning, JD. I'm sorry I'm yelling and speaking very fast. I've had so much cold brew at, that it's just like coursing through me. I feel like Professor Zoom right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to rap about, JD? Uh, Umbrella Academy, actually. Say that again. Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. I just finished last night. Yeah. Oh, I, night. <laughs> are, we, are, are we doing spoilers? I think at this point, yeah, I think we're, we can. I mean, it's one it. week old. Yeah, but so, I mean, like we already gave yeah. the spoiler-free one. This is the show where we get a little more into the mud <laughs> and the dirt. Nothing major. Our spoiler-free review came out two days ago. Yeah, you know that's plenty of time, you jerks. Let's not go too spoiler-heavy, but you know, little things right. are fine. I think it improved from the, the 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 book too. I agree. I totally agree. I think this got way further away than the first season did. And I was totally okay with it because like, yeah, yeah. Towards it. Like last night, I think I watched the last four episodes and it was just a roller coaster ride downhill where you're just like, okay, oh, I know. All right. I got to <laughs> see where the hell they're going with this. Cause I legit don't know. We've moved so far away from anything I knew about that series that I'm just having fun with it now. Yep. Oh yeah. Casey, my and wife one- did not even care for the first season very much. She thought she thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. She liked Hazel and Cha Cha, but that was about it. And she was right. like, "I legit love all of them this season because of the way they fleshed yeah. everybody out so well." 
Well, and one performance that you guys didn't mention in your review that I think needs to be highlighted is Kate Walsh as the handler. Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah, she's so, so good. good. Those outfits <laughs> she wears, the costumes alone. I know. <laughs> I know. It's straight out of Hunger Games. <laughs> so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked like she'd been uh, dressed by. Uh, no, Caesar Flickerman was the TV host. Yeah, I can't do this Hunger yeah, Games the, talk. The, Sorry, the other dudes. one. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Caesar Flickerman. Yeah. That's literally the only name I remember other than. Uh, <laughs> Shit, I don't even know if I... Oh, Katniss. There, two characters. I was so angry that they kept bringing Peta back by the end of the, the third one. I was just like, this is fucking <laughs> dumb. This is How many people is he going to kill before we realize yeah. he's screwed? You know? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but yeah. He's seen too uh, much, yeah, Matt. He's so seen too much. With, with Umbrella Academy season two. And the fact that, I mean, I think it's not really... Well, no, it's not a spoiler. Oh, Joe mentioned it, but it, that they ended on a, on a cliffhanger, so... You know, we got to see where we're going. Um, Those jerks at Netflix have not announced a third season yet, though. They, they better based on the, the where they left us. Right. Not now, to mention the fact yeah. it's been like the now, number one all, most downloaded thing on Netflix since it started. Like nothing has yeah. touched it. So come on. Oh, yeah. They'll do it. They'll do it. And uh, then, I will say so, I will say guys, that. I was just going to say, are you guys caught up on the comic? On the Umbrella no. Academy? Yeah. No, yes, I'm not. I am. Okay. Now, I, I have to go back and reread volume three, but uh, the where we ended the cliffhanger, that's in the comic, isn't it? Yes. Well, I, I, I think okay. uh, I think what I read is that yes, the next kinda. volume is going to be Sparrow. Right. They're leading up. They definitely lead up to something very similar to what happens in the end of season two in the okay. third volume more or less. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You know, one and thing I will Olivia. say, like I hadn't looked at these comics in so long. And after I finished last night, I went back and looked at some of like some of them and mm-hmm. I forgot legit forgot. Like everybody in the umbrella Academy was pretty white. <laughs> they were all, like, yeah. they were all oh, white yeah. kids. <laughs> Except for Seance, who was gray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was the yeah. only, that was the only, uh, you know, racial d- difference. Yeah. They did such a great job of these characters though, that I just totally forgot. And they are now my umbrella Academy basically. Yeah, me too. And I went back and reread volume two and I, I, I was shocked at how different yeah. it was. I think they definitely you know, stepped out. One actually followed some, followed some of the beats fairly closely. Yeah. And and probably so I would say, because of how batshit crazy that comic was. What's his name? The writer. I can't say his name suddenly. Gerard way. Gerard way. He had writing credits on the first season. And I think he's just has production credits on this season. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, which still, I mean, we don't have a problem with that either though. Like I don't want to see a page for page remake of just about anything. Because that's not really interesting to me. I like the way it yeah, exists exactly. in the comics, and I don't especially, mind when you go to the series. movies and do it. Now, different. like uh, the other side of that is like the old guard, which I think uh, being a film and taking this chunk of story and putting it on the screen, I think that plays better for adaptation I, than okay. a series. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think a, an ongoing serialized adaptation and a film adaptation are two totally different animals right you know and yeah it, it's it's one thing if we're talking about like captain marvel or black widow or or even a specific storyline like the winter soldier right 
these are not going to be the same as the comics exactly. Yeah. But if yeah. you're telling uh, if you're telling an adaptation of a very specific limited graphic novel, mm-hmm. like the Old Guard, you know, I was fi- like yeah. I was thrilled with how closely that kept to the comic. I liked Civil War yeah, the I movie would, a lot more than the Civil Old War, Guard the isn't a series. The Old Guard is a story. It's a story told in three parts. Yes. Right. So, right. Umbrella Academy is kind of an ongoing thing, though it is told in that Hellboy style of chunks of chunks of story but right you can keep you can keep telling umbrella academy stories from here until ever i also think that had they just gone straight from the page to the tv it would be so weird that you would have completely yeah. alienated you know half of this massive yeah. audience yeah, that has loved i mean it. the part of what we love about the comic is that whole non-translatable part of it. Right. And it, and one of the things that I don't think enough people talk about when they talk about Gerard way making the umbrella Academy is that he is not only close friends with, but is practically an apprentice to Grant Morrison. Right. And it shows, I mean, it, they it, hang out and you can tell Grant Morrison shows. has read that script before anyone else did. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Have you watched any of Grant Morrison's uh, Brave New World on Peacock yet? No, I have not. It's really good. Streaming service. It's another one. It's well, you know, you don't. It's free though. You don't. Well, Brave New World isn't. You can only watch the first episode. (laughs) Oh, really? You have to have the preview. Then you gotta buy it. Uh, Or you know, there's other ways to get it too. But uh, the point being, (sighs) I'll call you. (laughs) No problem. Grant Morrison, I think, is moving in he obviously made the move to television and i think he's going to be huge and he's been writing the hell out of this show and while it is still very grant morrison it's not as grant morrison as his comics like we're never going to get a seven soldiers you know tv show partially because it didn't make any fucking sense and i still can't tell you what happened (laughs) there's aspects of it i loved (laughs) don't get me wrong but You know, this is definitely Gerard Way doing Grant Morrison and them taking that script and making it a little more TV friendly so we can actually follow the characters as opposed to otherwise they'd just be like, hey, let's get David Lynch to work on this and make it as weird (laughs) as hell and see what happens. You know, I'd be into it. I would be there for that. But yeah, like I I love the Twin Peaks relaunch so much. Can I tell you what happened? No. Did we need it? Probably not. Was it fun? I think so. <laughs> <You know>? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. so it's the right answer of, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. And I'm glad they didn't go full weird with the Umbrella Academy. I'm glad that yeah, they... Yeah, season two Umbrella Academy versus volume two of Umbrella Academy, there was also a tonal shift that it was so much more hopeful. Yes. Uh, yeah. Volume two yeah. of Umbrella Academy was dour i mean it was bleak yeah and like we got that in the first season the family didn't get along they obviously had issues we saw they were shitheads and in this one i think we needed to see them come together and like be a family and realize part of what makes us who we are is the fact that we can do this together even though we're weirdos we're all from different places and you know another character discovers that number five is my favorite character in all of media right now that kid is fantastic. I love that kid. He really is fantastic. My my wife pointed something out in this season that I thought was really interesting. There was a scene, I think he's talking to Diego, and they're outside of a building, and he stops for a second and looks, and she pauses, and she goes, I can't believe it. He's even 
changing his posture to meet the comic book. And he's standing in that really oh, totally. like kind of awkward knee out way, like 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 the character in the comic did. And I was oh like, yeah. That is batshit. They went <laughs> so far out of their way with production design in this. It, it, just like we were talking about the handler and her outfits. That outfit yeah. that she's wearing in the end with the spider web, you know, like necklace, bejeweled thing, and like the empress shoulders, that's right out of the comics. Like they lifted that yeah. off the page. And she looks amazing in it. And that's the kind of stuff, like, uh, that's what I want. If you're going to take stuff right out of the pages, do that. One of the reasons the I hated the Fantastic dude. Four movies so much is because you, goldfish. you couldn't take the thing out of the Fantastic Four right. and put it on the screen the right way. You had to make it more right, extreme right. or weirder or cooler. And, like, no, I don't want that. That's not working. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah they, oh, so cool, the design. The damn, the damn goldfish dude. Yeah, <laughs> loved him. I was so thrilled to see that when they did it. I was like, oh my God, we're doing this? We're doing this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenny, we got some other people that are trying to get in. I'm going to let you go, but it's good. Right. good to talk to you, brother. Talk to you guys later. See you, buddy. I saw Frank Cirillo Ooh. pop up in the chat, and I know he is a Star Trek nerd, and I would love to get his feelings on both Lower Decks and whether or not we need more Star Trek. But the phone line is open, 402 819 Four eight nine four. We do have plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, Mulan is coming to Disney Plus. I don't so much care about that, but would you pay thirty dollars to watch Black Widow on Disney Plus? I mean, I think I would. I think I would do it. We go to the movies, buy tickets, get beer, get food. You're paying more than thirty bucks anyway. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? Good morning, gentlemen. David Robbins calling in. David Rock and Robbins. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, how are we? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. How are you guys doing this morning? We're kicking it. We're talking Star Trek. We're talking, would you pay 30 bucks to watch The Black Widow on Disney Plus? Does that ruin anything? Does it tarnish a movie if we send it, you know, straight home since we can't go to movie theaters right now? I don't think it does. doesn't bother me at all. I don't care. Right? I don't either. I wouldn't pay $30 to uh, watch Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. I would wait the four months for the Blu-ray to come out, and then I would pay $25 and own a physical copy and a digital copy that couldn't be taken away from me. You would pay, you, you would wait? Really? Because like, jerks like me are going to ruin it for you, man. Jo Joe Patrick, that dude can't keep his mouth shut. He's going to say something on the show. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. If I, like, I have a big group of, of nerdy friends, and I own a video projector, a screen, and have access to theater-quality speakers. If I have people that want to pitch in and have an outdoor movie night and watch Black Widow and I'll chip in for 30 bucks, and then I'll buy my Blu-ray later, I would absolutely do that. Fair but enough. I'm not, for, I'm not forking out the money and then forking out another 25 to wind up paying $55 for it. See, now, I just want to see it at this point, and I think I would. Uh, John Tverdick in the chat just said, I'd pay $60 for another MCU movie at this point. I, I, I'm ready. So I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it hurts anything. Here's the thing. If I could watch it with other people, I would absolutely pay that, mu that much money for it because I would pay that much to take my girlfriend to the theater to see it anyway. Right, exactly. I don't necessarily want to pay that much for just me to see it if I'm going to spend the money on it again anyway. Fair enough. That, that was good. I was just about to poke that hole in your argument. It's like, if you go to the movie theater, you're certainly not walking out with a copy, you know, and I'm going to end up spending more than 30 bucks there anyway. My wife and I are alcoholics. Yeah. We need beer. Beer at the movie theater costs like 15 bucks for some reason. I don't know if it's like they're shipping it in by blimp or what, but it's very expensive to drink it there. 
You know, I don't know. I don't, you know, and I don't think it tarnishes it. And I think you could still do a theatrical release. Well, my, my girlfriend and I don't live together, and I'm using her Disney Plus anyway. So if I said to her, hey, you want to split it? And then we each watch it, I'm totally fine with that. Because then we're paying what we would pay for the movie theater anyway. Or I'd give her the money for it and say, yeah, I'm taking you to a date to your own living room so you can watch it and I can watch it and we can talk about it later. Sure. Something along those lines. But I, I don't like the idea. And like, it's different for me because I live alone. I don't have any roommates. I don't have any uh, sibling. I don't have a spouse that are in the place with me to watch it. And for one person to pay that to see it without even knowing how long it's going to stay active on the account. Because right. Disney could say this is a 24-hour rental. This is a week rental. That's we don't true. know. That's no, no. We, they have said that it's, an, it's unlimited. If you pay the 30 bucks for okay. Mulan, it's yours. Now, yours okay. in the in the sense that like anything you buy digitally is yours, right? You know, like, Comicsology could fold, and any all the money I've spent is gone. Yeah, I mean, like Patrick or, Kavanaugh. You know, it, it's it's only tied to Disney Plus. Patrick, so in if our, you cancel Disney chat, Plus, you don't have it. Just said thirty bucks is too much, and immediately after that, Michael Zavier said, "If you have a family of four, Paying twenty nine ninety nine is a great deal. So yeah, I mean it. Yeah. All, it all depends how you want to look. It depends at it, on I guess. You, like you know, uh, it depends on the movie for me. Uh, Black Widow is going to be a, a, is going to be tough to justify because my wife's not interested in the Marvel movies, and so sure spending thirty bucks just for me to see it seems silly. Well, I mean that's what happens when you marry for love and you don't you know marry for the right reasons, like I did, for example. You know, see, I I have the nerdy girlfriend. Uh, I'm a Marvel. She's a DC. Fair enough. So, I don't. So we see everything. I have a wife that will watch this stuff and legit enjoy it when it's good, and point out to me when I'm enjoying it, but it's bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> see, and I I'm looking at this like I'm gonna. I, I'd love to. I want to see Black Widow. Would I pay for that? Yes. Would I pay for Mulan? No. Um, but I yeah. am seriously considering paying for Bill and Ted Face the Music which is, you know, going to be allegedly theaters and uh, video on demand yeah. same day. We're going to watch it. I, so, like, I did the same thing to you. I bought a projector screen and an outdoor projector. I've got a PA that we yeah. use for band practice in my basement. Tonight, we're going to start our Back to the Future film festival at what, I'm, what we call the, the Starlight Drive-In. And uh, nice. yeah, we're going to watch Bill and Ted outside at home. Absolutely. And have like some friends over, socially distance and drink yep. margaritas and just watch Bill and Ted. It's going to be great. Yeah. I can't wait. And I have a yeah. really nice TV. I spent good money on a great surround system. So if you were to show me, you know, Black Widow right now, I could have a fairly good theater experience. And yes, I would pay for that. It wouldn't bother me at all. Yeah. I would rather have the movies than keep pushing this shit back because yeah. you're fucking up the timeline. Now, what else gets pushed back because of that? Does Eternals get pushed back more? Does Shang-Chi get pushed back more? Am I... Am Absolutely. I 55 years old by the time we get to, you know, phase five or whatever? Like, come on. Let's get this but stuff think, out. Okay, so, Matt, you got to think fourth dimensionally on it, you know, the steal from Back to the Future. Um, those other movies may have been pushed back, but that's fine because everything else that was in production has paused and is going to be pushed back anyway. I know. So this, this <laughs> know. entire COVID is the, is the blip. It's the t period of time where we don't get anything, and then things start up, and the schedule resumes. We are living in the blip. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I, know. I just, I'm tired so, of the blip. I want out of the blip. 
I'm sick. I want to have a blimp too. <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, the next movie will come out, and you know, Thor's five years older than Loki. It's a whole <laughs> right. Thing. Yeah. It's true. We're going to be like, oh, it's God, true. remember when Natalie Portman was young? She's way too old to be female Thor now. Oh, this is weird. When, when Natalie Portman <laughs> was young, you mean the professional? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I got an answer for the question of the week. Let's do it. So let's let's go to there. Um, real, real simple. I'm in the X-Men world. Uh, heel turn, Phoenix, face turn, juggernaut. Okay, let's talk about the heel turn, Phoenix, real quick. Because... Okay. Technically, was it a heel turn when now that we've found out everything we know about the Phoenix or is it just yeah, we, because she wasn't murdering galaxies at the beginning? So, yeah, Joe Patrick, get on your mic. I can yeah. barely hear you. I mean, yeah, because she wasn't destroying entire galaxies at the beginning. But didn't we find out it wasn't Jean? It's still a. It's still a turn, man. I, it, I but didn't you. we find out that Gene was in a cocoon, like in the, under the ocean, yeah. and the Phoenix was something else entirely? Yeah. Matt, what does that matter? You are, <laughs> Just saying. You are a WWE fan, Matt. You are a WWE fan. <laughs> does the fact that it really wasn't that person matter in the uh, in the kayfabe at the time? Um, it did when you tried to like march down someone who was not Kane, and we all knew it wasn't Kane. We're like, "What is this fake sure. Kane bullshit?" <laughs> like, no. Kane will now be played by. Totally. No, I just say the, yeah. the Juggernaut one. Yes, I totally, yeah. totally loved it when the Juggernaut was a good guy for like fifteen minutes. Although, yeah, not you mean when he had sex with the She-Hulk and became best friends with the Fish Boy. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's kind of like part of yep. the plus of the face turn for the X-Men. You get to have sex with the She-Hulk and hang out with Fishboy. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and who else is he having sex with? You're the juggernaut. There's a very limited group of people that that dude can make love to. You know what I mean? <laughs> Without going to prison for murder. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird it's because true. I always thought that the juggernaut couldn't take off his armor, but apparently he can't. He can take off his armor. We've seen him in clothes. You know, like he, he wears that like sweatshirt thing with the like turtleneck sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, but his I will say his entire outfits, like his whole all his clothes match his armor. He only wears maroon for some reason. <laughs> He's a big it's Power his, Rangers fan. That could be. It's his signature look. That could be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> David, thank you for calling. Good to talk to you, man. We got well, we got some other people. On, on, oh, go ahead. Hang on. We, uh, we, I, I gotta say, I listened to your review and I am thrilled to death that you actually enjoyed the book. I, I thought Vampire the Masquerade was really good. I, and everything that you said that interested us in the game about being the real world setting and whatnot, it came off very plainly in the book. They did a great job of it. Where it's just like, look, yeah. it's the world as you know it. It's the world outside your window. It's the Marvel Universe, but there's vampires. And it was a lot of fun. Yep. I enjoyed it. And you are 100% right. Um, it, being a vampire in that world is a pain in the ass. It sucks. There's there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. There's always somebody that's more important, more powerful, stronger, been at it longer, has more things manipulating from the shadows. Right. And you are the one constantly trying to play catch up. Yeah. And you are constantly trying to find blood. And there's like these that is, that is, super shitty clans of like... 
not necessarily like rich people, but they're like more powerful, popular vampires for whatever that are kind of running things, but they're not really running things. And we're still doing this dance and some people are doing it and others are like, screw that. Like, it's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> it's it's kind of so, fun. The, the, cl- the clans are bloodlines. You get, in, you get turned by a clan. You have the, the inherent gifts and drawbacks of that clan. And some are artists, some are like rabble rousers, some are, are like aristocratic businessy types. Okay. Those are like the, the, the defining things behind the clans. So this the is thing that like you the, were kind of curious about with the Camarilla and the Anarchs, they're factions. Uh, the, uh, the Camarilla are the ones that believe in the masquerade and we need to hide from humans in the shadows because when we didn't, the church found out about us and the Inquisition happened. Right. So we need to hide. The Anarchs are the younger ones saying, we just don't want to live under your boot. Right. And, and that, that's the only difference between the two. They're all living with the same situations and the same consequence. Yeah, that, it's fun. It's a cool world. I'm going to read more of it. It's definitely, it's definitely fun. And I see what you're saying, like, with the clans, that's where, like, the D&D races type thing comes in. If you're going to play, you're Absolutely. picking this kind of clan, and so you do this, and you get, like, this kind of skill sets and whatever. It makes sense. All right, David, good to talk yep. to you, man. I got to cut you off. We've got some people trying to get in here. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Be safe. Bye, David. Uh, where was I? Tverdick, again, brought up. We were talking about pushing movies back. You push movies back, we got to push TV back, too. And I have a feeling that's exactly what happened with WandaVision and the uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon. They have to slide all this shit back because it's going to ruin stuff that happened in the Black Widow movie. Something's going to touch on that. Thank you for calling THN. Cover to cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Good morning, Brian Domingos. Hello, How Brian. How are you, sir? Good. What's going on, guys? Kicking it. We're kicking it. We're talking Star Trek. We're talking Black Widow. Would you watch it at home? But we can talk about whatever um, you want to talk about, too. Yeah, I know this this releasing things at home thing. Like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's Black Widow. Who cares? Like, sure. It's. I don't think I need to see that. I don't need to see any movie at the theater. Like, I, I'm not, I don't know. I've got too much going on in my life that that's a big deal for me. Fair so, um, you know, like, I'm not like a 20-year-old film nerd. Like, you know, like, it, it's fine. Like, it's what, you know, it's, you can just put your phone down and enjoy it. Because, I mean, we, and we also have, like, big TVs. So it's not like we're in the, you know, I understand when we all had 20-inch TVs and weren't feeling the same way. But, sure. You know, I mean. I do know, think we are quickly out. moving to a post-movie theater population where movie theaters do become more of a, a you know like a hobbyist thing if you will and they're afraid we're going to realize that if we, they start releasing shit to video on uh, you know on demand at home we're like well hey that was great i watched it naked i loved it you know <laughs> yeah i mean that is a, i mean being pantsless is always a major plus right um but i think that if they i mean that if this is the reality of the situation that we're in like you know they're like it's capitalism in a, in a failing country. Like the movie theaters are closed. Like that's just the way it works. Yeah. So um, if, if they want to release things, they can, and they should. And then like, let's say, you know, next summer when hopefully things are back to some sort of normalcy, um, give us a reason to come to the theater. Yes. Like, wow. us. And I'm not talking about three hour movies. I need, I need less movie. Like I don't, I don't want any, if it's over two hours, like it's gotta be tight. You know, like I see these things where it's like, because that's what I pay attention to now, like long tracking shots, like, nope, tighten it up. 
<laughs> cut a minute off of that. Cut a minute off of that. Like, is it, if it's if it's not important to the plot, I don't want to see it. When you're over two hours, like you got to really, you know, these like two and a half hour, three hour things. Like, who has time for that? Um, so you know, they but they got to give us a reason, like. I don't know, ex- like movie ex- theater exclusive after scenes or something, like some reason to get in there. And, and um, people, people will always go to the movies. You know, right. I mean, they'll do that. Right. Um, but um, I did watch a little bit of the Umbrella Academy. I think we're three episodes in. Um, it's weird because I, like, I loved the, the first two miniseries a lot. Um, I read the third one and I don't really, I read it on a plane. I don't really remember. It wasn't like, significant it was fine like i thought it was good sure um the first season was entertaining uh, i think this stuff is good too but it's it's just like it's a weird adaptation like it doesn't feel the same no i agree it's, i i it's I, so I agree but that's um, one of the reasons that i liked it i, I think it, they if you okay one of the reasons i stopped watching the walking dead was not because it strayed so far from the comic but it strayed away from the comic for reasons of stretching shit out and just repeating the, you know, the formula again and again yeah. and again for TV. And that's why it lost me when the umbrella Academy was kind of like the preacher show. It was kind of like the preacher show where yes. um, the entire first season took place in Anvil. Yes. Where it just like you strayed, but not for good reasons. You strayed because you felt like this is what I want to do with this story that that's frustrating in so many ways because we love where the story came from. We love the creator that made it. And now someone else is coming in and going, I think I can do it better. I didn't feel that way at all when the story moved in a different direction in umbrella Academy, because the soul was there, the characters were there and it still felt like the comic. Yeah. It's, it's a really weird, and it's so funny to have like umbrella Academy and doom patrol on TV at the same time. Because right. it's like, these are, these are like soul sisters, you know, like it's Definitely. like the umbrella Academy's the bastard son of like Grant Morrison's doom patrol. And it's like <laughs> to see these things like kind of existing in the same time is just really interesting. Um, like I, I think the casting is so great and I, I love like, like I watched the, the, um, like the recap thing. Cause I could kind of couldn't remember the, you know, I remember the broad strokes, but not little stuff um, on Netflix. And they had like, I don't know, 90 seconds or two minutes of like, here's what happened before. And all yeah. the characters look different. And I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? And then it's like, Oh, well that totally makes sense. But it's just, it's that like, they really dove in and they throw you into this thing. And I, I think um, it's like number five is so great. And he's like a kid. Like, I mean, he's, He's clearly aged, which yeah. is kind of funny, but, yeah. um, he's, he's great. And like the, like, yeah, they're just, it's a good show. And so I'm, I'm, we're, we are three episodes in, um, which is a lot because it usually takes us six months to get through anything. So, um, that is, that is on our <laughs> list at the moment. Um, somewhat also TV related and I, I can't tweet this to enough people, but, um, I don't know if you guys have been watching Perry Mason. Yes. Um, oh my God. It's so it's, good. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like it's not the same show. It was at the beginning, but it's the show that it deserved to be at the beginning. You know, like uh, it took a couple episodes to like click Definitely. and now it's like really where it's good. And like the supporting characters are really good. And like the bad guys are so gross. And yeah. like the, like Perry Mason is a little too much, but he's fine. Like he's good. Oh, I love that little, actor. Like, Wait, what's his um, name? Reese, but, Matthew Reese, right? 
Yeah, right. God, he's yeah. And from the so, Americans. But he's it is so like, good. Yeah, he's he's really good, and it like it's one of those things like a purist was like, this, I don't understand what the show is. It's like it's a little bit of like prequel, like a tiny oh totally. like three episodes of getting to the right guy. Totally, but it's like it episode is, four. You're like, okay, now I know right. where we're at. This is the character that I rem- that not necessarily remember. I never really watched Perry Mason, yeah. but I'm aware of that right, character. But, yeah. Oh, now he's a lawyer. Um, Right, but um, it is it is such a perfect world of like where Sandman Mystery Theater should exist, and yeah. the, and I like all I want, oh. like I watch it, and I'm like I'm angry that like this is not set in New York, and you don't have like Wesley Dodds driving around. Like totally. it's perfect, totally. It's exactly the tone. It's the you know that blue filter, like the grittiness, like it's exactly that universe yeah. and it just should be just and, show and, us and it's warner brothers so i'm like fucking put it on hbo max next year show us like, how bad life it. sucked show us how gross people were and show us a sandman with his sleep gas gun dealing with it i'm totally in a hundred percent you know what i mean it's like i'm like who do, who needs to get who needs the tweet who do i direct this at right like Robert <laughs> Jr. you know how close you are to like another franchise like just do this i think that's how it works producer, this day. Like, one well-placed tweet and you've created a media empire yes <laughs> yeah no i want that to happen so um i think that would be great um but tv is good um i like it and um <laughs> i like it too <laughs> yeah yeah i mean sometimes sometimes i hate it like i just we just finished um the first season of killing eve and I'm like, this is the dumbest show that I've ever seen on television. So um, I I don't get it at all. Like, the assassin is great and fun and delightful, but Eve is so dumb, like, tragically dumb. Yeah, that I, I really don't understand liked, why I really liked this is Fleabag, and, and then I was like, let's watch Killing Eve. It's, you know, Phoebe Bridges-Waller or whatever. And I did not love it either. I thought it was, eh. That's weird because people uh, love Killing Eve. Oh, I know, I know. And I just figured <laughs> I've never wrong. seen it, so I have no opinion, but... I felt like I felt Fleabag in my heart. Like I watched it and I swooned. Like I could Same not here. like season two is like so perfect and beautiful and yeah. ugly and awful and, and amazing. And like, so I was like, like the, the finale of season one of killing Eve was so like not good that like, it made me think like, am I wrong about Fleabag? Like a little bit, because this is not, this is not, but it's, it's not the same thing at all. Like it's a very different tone and right, it's not right. her creation. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, but now she's going to show up as a cute furry little animal in his dark, whatever on HBO. So, uh, what's it called? His dark, his dark materials, his dark materials, which I just, is that that I tried Manuel Miranda thing? I, well, he's in it, but it's not like he's in him. It. Yeah. It's the, it's the, yeah. it's what the golden compass, uh, right. Yeah. It's from the, it's the the books that the golden compass. I came tried from. really hard. I tried really hard. And then I was just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I tried to watch the first episode three times and, uh, fell asleep twice and I gave up. Fair enough. I, I thought it was yeah, so that, that- slow. <laughs> That is very much not my thing. Like that kind of like weird fantasy. Like, ah, I'm good. I don't need that. I that's, like that she had a little talking ferret else. and it made me mad that my dog couldn't talk to me. But then that, that was about it. You know, like, <laughs> I can right. see that. Be like, <laughs> you know, talk, 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 talk. God damn it, Bobo. Like Say something now. funny. All right, Brian, we got somebody else trying to get in here. So I'm going to let him in. It is good, good to talk Have to a good week, guys. You too, Brian. Thanks. I saw you trying to get in here and I would love to talk to you. You'll probably be our final call because, you know, we got other stuff we got to do today. But uh, we have several voicemails as well. So 819-4894. There you are. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? 
Hey, it's Frank. How you doing, guys? Frankie. What hey, up, Frank? How are you? Talk, uh, talk Star Boy. Trek to me. I know you want to. Let's do oh, it. Man. Oh man, of course I do. So I watched, I watched Lower Decks. It was a weird. So the first time I watched it, there was a weird um, voiceover going on, like a computer voiceover, and I think there was some. It was some something left over from editing or what? somebody on some. Yeah, it was just. It was a computer voiceover describing what was happening. Uh, that's like an accessibility some, feature. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like it's like for. It's like when you accidentally turn on closed captioning. Right. It's for people uh, with yeah, uh, with that need visual aid to said. watch TV. Yeah. yeah. That's what somebody had said, and so I went in and I checked it. But I, I think I think what happened was when CBS released it, they probably just had it as a um, they had it just they probably just had it as a uh, what do you call it uh, a default or something. So right. yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I watched it. I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was very very. It was uh, I, the best word I can think was was like adorable it was cute yeah it and was cute. it looked a little too rick and morty ish at first but you know what it's the first episode it's going to evolve it's gonna hopefully they do take like you said i, I want them i want to see them take chances and i hope i hope it happens because it was fun it was a lot of fun and i i can't wait to see the next i want my, my seven-year-old watched it my daughter she was like i want more i want to watch another one i go, we got to wait till next week she's like what do you mean like she's so used to <laughs> She's so used to streaming everything right. that she couldn't deal with that. This is how TV so, used yeah, to be, so little I one. <laughs> absolutely loved it. Absolutely thought it was fantastic, and I will be definitely be around for for uh, for the duration on it. It was it was, and I loved all the name dropping at the end. It was whole, kind of hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, that was. You fun. know, maybe maybe scale back on the jokes once in a while. You know, it doesn't need to be funny constantly, but that, it was it was good. It was real good. That was kind of my um, issue. Where like I, I felt like. They just tried to joke, 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 you know, where, right. and, and it was fine. Yeah. And, and like, okay. Uh, Matt Groening's disenchantment. I had a very similar feeling about like the fantasy yeah. show where the first episode was kind of like some sight gags and stuff. And it's, we're sort of doing the Simpsons, but it's not the Simpsons. And then it got really good as it went on. I'm hoping, yes, I, I'm hoping they can figure really, this out. Like, yeah, disenchantment so got too. so good as it went, and I'm hoping Star Trek figures out that we don't need to follow the Rick and Morty formula or the Family Guy formula, where it's just like funny gag, uh, funny, gag funny, gag, funny gag, funny gag, funny gag. You know, like take it easy, let it breathe a little. I bit. hope it's not that. Let's make fun of Star Trek. Yeah. What do you say? You know, let's stick with that. It was great. It was it was great. Poking fun. You know, it, it, every property should be able to poke fun at itself. Yeah. You know every property and and i thought i thought it was it was really charming very endearing and i thought the characters were kind of silly and fun so you know it's it, it was a good it's a good premise it was a good show and a lot of fun and i'm gonna i'm looking forward to watching it again without the voiceover on so because i my daughter got to watch it and then <laughs> i go chase my son around because he was playing in the mud um but i i did want oh i did want to mention one other thing uh have you guys watched hot i know it's like not really nerd stuff but it is nerd stuff because it's like Hollywood nerd stuff. But have you watched Hollywood? Is that that new Ryan Murphy show? Uh, yes. I don't, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's a new it Ryan is, Murphy I show. I have not watched oh, it yet. It's, it is fantastic, and I don't want to spoil anything because I have my thoughts. I have, I have some thoughts on it. But I absolutely loved it. So it was phenomenal. I do like the way um, Ryan Murphy it, makes TV. So, I, yeah, I will definitely yeah, watch that. Yeah. He makes some trashy so wanted, stuff. The yeah. candidate show he did yeah. was so good. <laughs> it was so oh, trashy. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I have been binge watching Glee during the day. Okay. 
<laughs> which is something okay. that I've never yeah, thought I, I would I, say, but here we are. Definitely a guilty pleasure. I actually loved that show when it was I on. I loved Glee as well, but I do feel like there yeah. was some weird like deal with the devil at the crossroads for Ryan Murphy to get famous on Glee, and he's had to oh, sacrifice okay. the actors one what by do you mean? one. Glee was a huge hit. I, oh, that's what I'm because saying. Of because of no, the but, deal but with the devil, dying now. Glee was a huge hit, and now the actors have to pay with their lives one by one or right. something. Because it's like the weirdest shit in the world has happened to these people. But what's yeah, their head just went I swimming know. with their son in a perfectly normal lake oh. and fucking drown, and the kids said yeah. was saved the other dude turned out to be like a pederast and was going to get out and hung himself and like it, it's just nuts <laughs> there's like a curse yeah, of glee yeah. or something i don't know yep Ooh. so yeah so i do want to answer the question i have two answers let's I, have, do it. I have my answers for heel turn and face turn let's do it so my um I, okay so i'm gonna do my face turn first okay and this is more of a literary face this is more of a literary one reference so in the book job not the what not the bible the one by robert heinlein um it's a 35 year old book at this point okay the main character uh, the main character of of uh he's not named job but is basically job so the face turn in that is lucifer the devil he actually turns out to be the good guy in the book and and that's 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 my face turn that's fun. I've not read that one, but um, I have been revisiting a lot of Heinlein lately in audiobooks, and I have that one lined up. I'm going to do that. It's a great, it's a great book. It's so much fun, and it doesn't. It, it's it's not like I'm spoiling the end of the book because I'm not going. You know, it's like it kind of you kind of figure it out like more, a little more than halfway through. Fair enough. Um, that's my face turn. So my heel turn, my heel turn is Superman in. It's Superman three, where he where he gets exposed to the you know Lucifer created kryptonite and fights himself in a junkyard. Yeah, greatest greatest Superman ever. He's sitting in the bar and just drinking whiskey. And yeah, his costume is dingy. Hands down, one of my, is my favorite. Is my favorite. Well, and it's great too because it's like. I mean, he's still super good looking Superman. They don't want to do anything way too evil with him because we know he's going to be good again. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. this is what a bad guy Superman be like. like he's got a little <laughs> bit of dirt on his face. Ooh, like, oh, he's drinking and like making a snarl. Ooh, he is bad. <laughs> Look at how he's flicking those peanuts why did he fight himself i can't remember what happened why was he it, it was it was an effect of the kryptonite it was like supposed to be red kryptonite you know red kryptonite affects superman in a weird way and it like cloned it him? was supposed right and i think it created like it split him in two okay kind of like when kirk gets split into two you know gotcha and i think that's what that's what happened hi i sorry have... my daughter just like poker face in front of mine <laughs> I haven't seen Superman three in so long. I, I need to revisit that. Oh my God. It's, it's not a great movie, no. but it's got some great scenes, you know? Um, I, I, I mean, that's that, that you can talk about how, how good the Superman movies were and then how abysmally bad they got yeah. because of, you know, lack of funding, lack of interest. And, you know, it's, it's a sh- It's a real shame because the, they, that was Chris Reeve was absolutely the best person that ever played Superman. And, and I, 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 you cannot change my mind on that. And Richard Pryor was absolutely the best person to breathe life back into the franchise, right? He really was. He was really good. <laughs> I love Richard Pryor. Don't get me wrong. 
<laughs> right. I mean, I, I wish they had gone in, in a, in a, in the, the original direction for that movie. And I just recently found this out was, it was supposed to be, um, they was, that, that computer was supposed to wind up being, uh, uh, Brainiac. Uh, Brainiac. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it makes total sense Brainiac. for that to have been Brainiac, but they blew it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know, and then they, and what was the, what was the other one? The, the, the following movie they made, they made that, that Superman clone of Luther and Superman, which should have been bizarro. Right. Like, how did you not, how do you not figure that but out? But instead it was the nuclear man and he was yeah, so it was, sexy. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. It was just terrible. You know, I mean, it was, it was like, it was like, all right. So I'm right. My kids are getting rambunctious. I can hear this. I like, I can hear the, like, they really want to know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Like anyone else, I'd be like, oh my God, that guy's going to beat his kids. But we all know when we get off the phone, Frank's kids are going to beat him because that's what it sounds like is is happening. (laughs) That kind of exactly. Would you stop crawling all over me? Oh my God. All right. So it's great talking to you guys. And I will talk to you guys next week. Um, So those are my answers. All right. Good luck with those wild animals. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Lord. (laughs) All right. We have got some voicemails we've got to get to. All right. Let's get into these voicemails. We have a a two part epic here to begin with, but he's not cheating. He stayed within the boundaries. He just messed up. And I think he's a new guy. So let's give him a break. Okay. Hey, guys. uh, This is Adam Crouch calling again. Um, I just wanted to give you a call about a couple of things you guys were talking about. Uh, first, with Scott Snyder. I completely agree with you guys on Scott Snyder. Um, I think he's best when he's trying to do, like, a detective or a noir or horror story. But it seems like he's just more and more trying to write uh, uh, stories that don't really suit his style. Um, he kind of tries to write more like Morrison or Higman, it seems like. It doesn't really suit him. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, it could be great, but I have a feeling whenever we do get a JSA book that it's going to be from him, because uh, you see the JSA and Death Metal, we saw them in his Justice League run, so I think that's that's what's coming down the pike for the JSA, but on the topic of Injustice, on the other hand, and the JSA there, um, I kind of, I think that you guys might want to check that out, um, I know not a lot of people had much to defend Injustice, but you got to think when Injustice comic books were coming out, it was right at the start of the new 52. So it was like the only place you could really go to read the relationships and characters that you knew from pre-New 52. Um, I'm sure they were in the middle of a civil war in Injustice, but... <laughs> That's like I was going to uh, say, well... <laughs> you know, it was cool because you got a lot of good focus on Green Arrow and Black Canary. Um, in the second one, uh, Booster Gold is like a major character, which was awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's Tom Taylor, and what Tom Taylor really excels at is writing relationships. So, uh, yeah. It was That's totally really, fair. Actually, the comics are actually really good. I mean, I'm not going to be pissed off if you guys don't try them or if you don't like them or whatever, but I just thought somebody should call in and maybe defend them a little bit. Uh, don't beat them yeah, off. Thanks, don't beat them off, Adam. I'll beat you off, Adam. Um, time out. Did he say Injustice or Deceased? Because he mentioned He Tom, said Injustice. But he mentioned Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor was writing Injustice? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's like where we've got... That's where we like kind of got our introduction to Tom Taylor. Really? No kidding. Yeah. I did not know this for some reason. 
Um, I agree with what he was saying about Scott Snyder, though, and I think we both said it. Yes, he's trying to out Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison, and no one out Grant Morrison's Grant Morrison like Grant Morrison. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Grant Morrison is his own worst enemy. <laughs> right. When he turns it up to 11, watch out. When he's at a nine, he's the best. He is the best. But as soon as he goes above nine, like it gets close to 10. Yeah, but when he's, uh, oh yeah, right. And Scott Snyder was just like, <laughs> how about a 15? Like, nah, dude, first you got to prove yourself at, you know, a seven, at an eight, at a nine. And then we can talk about anything north of 10. Yeah. You can't right, just go straight right. to 15. That's not how that works. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to his second call where Adam answers the question of the week, which he meant to. Hey guys, uh, a little embarrassed. Uh, Adam Crouch again forgot the question of the week. Um, I'm going to stick with the theme. Uh, Jeff Johns, King of the Face turn in comics. Uh, you got Sinestro, Black Adam, Captain Cold, Lex Luthor. All of them are, you know, well executed and interesting. Um, and then uh, as far as heel turn, uh, it's prime time, baby. Superboy Prime. Uh, I know a lot of people hate Superboy Prime. I I love him, but anyway, excited to see him come back in Shazam. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got. Thanks. I will never forget how much our friend uh, Big Mike hated the Superboy Prime heel. Uh, it was he was just beside himself. Like, why would they? Do this. <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy that he didn't live long enough to see them drive it into the ground so far. Oh dear lord. <laughs> the whole banging on them on the what, what was he he was beating on the walls of the multiverse or something? Uh yeah, so at the end of um at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, it ends on a happy ending with the original Golden Age Superman and his wife and Superboy Prime who was basically created just for that event. Right. Uh, getting whisked away to like some sort of limbo paradise by Alexander Luthor. Right. And they were going to live in like a bubble. And like, yeah. And we're like, this is, that was just Marv Wolfman's way of saying, Hey, look, you know, with these characters didn't get erased. They live happily right. after blah, we're, blah, blah. We're done here. Don't think about it too much. And then 30 years later, Jeff Johns is like, no, what if this was actually like a living hell for them? <laughs> Which because they watched, be. they, <laughs> like, they got to, they got to watch as the new DC universe that they sacrificed their own for went to shit. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Ted Cord gets murdered. Batman builds a giant killer satellite. Right. Wonder Woman kills a guy. And yeah, and so like they can't have it, and so <laughs> Re okay, real quick before you go on, it totally reminds me of this meme that's going around, and it's uh, uh, Ant Man and Michael Pena, you know Paul Rudd and Michael Pena from the yes, Ant Man movies, right, yeah, where yeah. <laughs> Ant Man has just come back, you know, in time for Avengers Endgame and he meets Michael Pena and he's like, so what I missed while I was gone? But it says, so how's 2020 going? And Michael Pena starts <laughs> like, oh man, first Kobe Bryant and his daughter died and then it all just spun out into hell from there. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right, and I think it, it, most of those end with like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Paul Rudd saying, sounds like a terrible year or whatever and Michael Pena goes, it's June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only June, dude. <laughs> Okay, um, Sorry. Yeah. So stuck in stuck in this limbo, uh, they start pounding on the walls of their dimensional prison 
which sends ripples throughout the time stream and causes subtle changes like oh i don't know well, like let's see uh the red hood comes jason back. todd is alive yeah. again jason todd comes back whoops <laughs> yeah uh yeah jason todd's alive oh hey uh oh batman suddenly remembered that joe chill killed his parents yeah which is something that they like like in the post-crisis universe batman never finds out who kills his parents uh yeah so it's these like weird little minor changes except for like jason todd being the biggest thing yeah um and then yeah so they they bust out and they hatch this plan where the original superman is going to somehow convince the heroes of the DC universe to change their dark ways. And it ends with Superboy prime turning into a homicidal maniac. Oh yeah. And he's like, dressed. he like murders an entire team of teen Titans. He's got shoulder pads on and like, he's wearing, like he's dressed like a, uh, what are they called? He, uh, so yeah, he, uh, in, in one issue, they, um, uh, 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 Superboy and Kid Flash, or maybe it's the, it's the Flash family. They steal him into the Speed Force to get him away from killing people. And when he escapes, he's wearing the armor of the Anti Monitor. That's right, the Anti Monitor. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's a whole thing, man. I, <laughs> I mean, and then they just kept bringing him back it's over a, and over it's and a over. Hell of a heel again. turn. I'll give him that. Man, did he go bad. <laughs> Okay. All the way bad. All right. Let's get to our first MP3 of the week. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for your call. Yes. Thank you, Adam. And it is a little embarrassing you had to call back, but it's fun to talk about. We got to wrap about Superboy Prime, and I haven't thought about that dumb shit in quite a while. So. Nerds, it's BS3. Before I get to the question, first, thanks for letting me plug the Peerless Kickstarter. Uh, it's made its its goals, so hopefully we can see some Chinese black magic rival martial arts gangs in 1977 New York City uh, sometime soon. That was 100% us, by the way. I'm going to take 100% credit for that. Uh, yeah. As oh, to yeah. the question, pretty sure somebody's going to talk about Irredeemable, so uh, I'll, I'll talk about uh, a story that preceded it. Uh, my favorite heel and face turn in the same story. Uh, the JSA Hawkman crossover from 2005, Black Rain. Uh, really great story. Uh-huh. Probably my favorite JSA story ever, which is no f- small feat, really. Uh, the plot is that Black Adam and uh, a number of kind of neglected uh, people in the DCU, Brainwave, a version of Eclipso, Northwind, and so forth, they join Black Adam to topple a pretty awful dictatorial regime in Kondak. And it unfolds because JSA is kind of torn on whether or not um, it should happen or to what degree Black Adam can intervene. There's something about him having a stake in, in, in his home country. There's something about this di- dictator being truly awful. What unfolds is Black Adam just like has widespread slaughter to take over the country and rule his people again, uh, and things go bad. Uh, it's awesome, uh, um, and I, I think it's related to another helpful piece of re- wrestling terminology that makes it so good. That, that term is the tweener. The tweener is someone who's between heel and face. They can kind of switch sides, and everybody knows what they do. Black Adam is somebody you know he's done bad and he's capable of awful things, but uh, he's a reformed villain and a JSA member for three years. Uh, everybody relies on him to help him win. You know he has this code of um, of ethics, believe it or not. Um, so it's a truly great story, well-executed, thought-provoking, really helps us see fallibility of our heroes and really ourselves when you think about it. Ooh. But uh, Black Rain. Please read it. I guarantee you'll love it. Till next time, nerds. See you later.
I haven't thought about that storyline in a long time. Good answer, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good answer. I I really loved what they did, what Johns did with Black Adam. Yes. Uh, in JSA where, you know, like they didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. And he's like, look, the reason I was evil is because the human that I was tied to was a scumbag. Right. But I said, I said Shazam or whatever, whatever his magic word was. I think it was still Shazam. Uh, and I turned back to Theo Adam and he immediately died of old age and turned to dusty bones. Right. <laughs> so now I'm me. I'm just me. Black Adam. Yeah. Like, uh, and he had to like convince them that he could be a hero. And they, then he like became the ruler of Kandak and stuff like went back to his homeland and sort of like but he was like he thought he was kind of a Magneto type. Like he thought he was the he was doing the right thing that he was a, a liberator. Right. Yeah. No, totally. Well, he's more of a Dr. Doom. Where like he's, I'm going to go home and I'm going to take over my home country and well, take care no, of my because people. Because Doctor Doom wanted to conquer the Earth. <laughs> I mean, he did, but at the same time, Doctor Doom now is much more like the leader of Latveria. And if you ask him, that's what he's doing. And the people of Latveria are like, yeah, we love him. Now they have to love him, otherwise the secret, you know, Doombot police uh-huh. will come take you away. But uh-huh. I will also say that Black Adam was executing people in the streets too, that were enemies of the state and whatnot. So I, I mean, mean, they were. They were bad. <laughs> it's still, it's a fine line here, okay? I'm not saying that he was like a Saddam Hussein, but he also wasn't, you know, the goodest guy. He had some different ideas on how the country should be run. Now, maybe that's because he's an ancient Egyptian and things were different back then. Can we blame him? I don't know. <laughs> it's a whole different <laughs> argument. So, <laughs> but yeah, he was definitely a fantastic character that john's fleshed out i never cared about black adams at all until i read that i didn't know anything about him i really didn't either i just thought he was a bad knockoff you know foil for shazam or whatever but he's really became interesting there is no way they can make him that interesting in a dc movie now right why not they can't they just shazam was great shazam was great but shazam's a lot easier to pull off Shazam, cute kid, gets powers, make it lighthearted, yeah, make it okay, kind of funny. Black Adam is just evil Shazam. It's not going to be hard. But we just described that we loved him because he's not just evil Shazam. And when they yes, yes, but they're went out of their not way, gonna, they're probably him, not going to get so into those into those weeds. That's my point. That's exactly my point. I'm not interested in a movie about evil Shazam. I'm interested in a movie about like. Don't f- give me that. Don't give me that. It's going to star The Rock. Of course you will. I love The Rock. You know that. I don't love him because he's a great actor. I love him because he's The Rock. (laughs) The Rock is a great actor. (laughs) No. The Rock's got personality and personality goes a long way. Yes. He oozes personality. I'll give you that. But The Rock plays The Rock and that is The Rock's job and we know it. And now we're going to get him basically as a wrestling heel again in a superhero costume. No, actually... We're getting the Black Adam, supposedly, we're getting the Black Adam movie first, which means they might set up all that stuff that you're interested in. I hope so. That, that's just it. I hope they do. I just don't see them taking the time to do that. I think it's going to be way easier and more appealing for them and quicker just to set up a fantastic bad guy that we get to see fight Shazam. I mean, they got a whole movie to, to set up the character. What else are they going to do? I don't know. I'm worried about it. That's all I'm saying. I'm worried about it. 
We shall see. Yeah, that's your default setting for every new DC moment. That's right. Every new DC announcement. I don't so. trust them. I do not trust them. And because they've hit me too many times, Joe Patrick, and told me it was my fault. Okay? Well, it is your fault. I keep crawling back. They're the abuser. I'm the victim. All right? There we go. James you Randall. Just quit making them so mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's my fault. What up, everybody? Jimmy Randall here with my answers answers to question of the week. I, I got a lot to talk about, so just sit down, shut up, eat your salad. Um, I, got, I got two real answers. Uh, one's a comic, one's a video game. Uh, honorable mention for the comic goes to Sabretooth. I love seeing Sabretooth as a good guy. But my answer, yeah. all right, I'm going to have to go with Negan from The Walking Dead. Yeah, all right, cool, hear me out. Now, for a moment, let's live in a world where there is no Walking Dead TV show. I believe the comic would stand up better, have more integrity as a book if the show just simply didn't exist. Um, we all know Negan. If we read the books, whatever, who cares? Like, we all know who he is. Uh, but it's it's a Kirkman trope, Robert Kirkman, the author, uh, to have these heel face turns. Like, look at Invincible, all the heel face turns in that run. Like, the whole hook of the book is a big turn, really. But back to Negan. Like, personally, I don't remember hating a character as much as Negan. Like, I was really into the Walking Dead comics and um, issue 100, spoilers, the death of Glenn. It, it broke me inside. I've never been so aggressive towards a comic book character. Like, my heart rate was up. I mean, my mouth was dry. I wanted him dead. Um, but then with the pacing of the book, the exploration of the character, I, I really started to like the guy. I mean, I'd like to sit down and have a beer with Negan. I went from wanting him dead to wanting to be his friend. That's a pretty cool turn. It's kind of like, you know, it's The Last of Us 2, if you guys plan that. Turns the concept of the bad guy upside down. Like, no spoilers, but hashtag Team Abby. Speaking of video games, I've got another quick answer. The best heel face turn in the history of the world goes to Donkey Kong. Baby <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Whoa! Like, he's Jesus. original bad dude, and now, like, he's got a whole run of video games based on him as the protagonist. Like, and I read this on the internet somewhere. It's pretty cool. Like, when you hear the word Donkey Kong, you think of a gorilla with, like, a red necktie, even though the word donkey is literally in the name. Like, that turn was so damn powerful, it affected the zeitgeist. Yay! All right, guys, that's it. See you later. Oh, wait, no, special end credits scene. My wife has an answer. So here you go. Darth Vader, Return of the Jedi, bitches. Baby, don't drop the microphone. <laughs> I feel like whenever Jimmy Randall calls, you and I like get into an, like an amusement park ride at like some type of <laughs> knockoff Disney World, you know, almost like that. It's a small world ride where we're like in a boat and it's dark and it like takes us through and they're like, oh, look, we're here. And then we turn the corner like, ah, <laughs> you know, like something jumps out and then they're like, something's going wrong with the ride. And you're like, oh, no. And there's a big splash in the end when you come down the hill and then we're OK. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the it's the haunted mansion of teenage and cover to cover. Yeah, it's more like a Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios, <laughs> which is a little dated, and like the dinosaurs are way too loud. You know, <laughs> it's like the Fast and the Furious ride at Universal Studios. God, that is the worst ride in the world. It's so bad. <laughs> I waited entirely too long to get on that ride. Uh, I like what he's saying though uh, about Negan. Negan is a very interesting character. We just recently got the Negan Lives book, which I thought was a little weird because it, it why it just wasn't the kind of like, I don't know, post series special for that character that I thought it was going to be. But maybe that's my fault because I like I stopped reading The Walking Dead right pretty much after 
that whole Negan thing. It just kind of fell off a little bit. So I don't know. I like the character though. And Kirkman is famous for his heel and face turns without a doubt. Uh, he sort of lifted my answer, which is from Invincible, Omni-Man. When we see that heel turn for Omni-Man. That, I mean, that, is it really a heel turn if he was just hiding it the whole time? I mean, yeah, we thought he was a good guy. We thought he was a good guy, and he was the goodest guy. I mean, he was Superman on Earth, basically. Turns out, he's not a good guy, but we all thought he was. <laughs> That's like the definition of the heel turn, basically, when it, when it comes to wrestling. Like, this guy's been a good guy the whole time. You're like, but wait, no, he had this secret anger for this other good guy that we didn't even know about. And now he's going to take it out in the most disgusting way possible. Oh, he's a bad guy. Oh, no. I mean, that's the definition of it. Omni-Man. Yes, but my point is that Omni-Man was never actually a good guy. He was always evil. I know, but we thought he was. That's the thing. And he was trying to sell himself as a good guy for a long time. Yes, he was secretly evil. He was pretending to be a good guy. Uh, Fine, but that's still a heel turn. We didn't know. And then he becomes the worst guy, the most terrifying guy. I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that as being a heel turn. Okay. Well, what's your answer for heel turn? Uh, well, we have one more voicemail, you know? No, we played them both. No, we had another one. Remember Brian from Merlin? Oh Merlin's yeah. Beautiful this time of okay, year. Okay. Let's hit, let's hit, let's see what Brian from Merlin has to say. Hey, Joe and Matt. This is Brian from Merlin. I decided to try to get over my anxiety of hearing myself on the show in order to answer the question of the week. My favorite heel turn was between the titles of Invincible and Superior Spider-Man, but I decided to go the Superior Spider-Man route. Sadly, I didn't get to read the issues leading to Doc Ock forming his plan to switching bodies with Peter, which I realized I definitely should. I just love how hard Octavius tried his best to be the better Spider-Man from improving on Peter's life of getting degrees, hiring henchmen, making new spider suits in order to defeat a particular enemy, along with the moral choices of terminating a villain by shooting versus capturing him and admitting in the end that he needed Peter in order to defeat the Green Goblin and punting his ego to the side. Question for y'all. Even though y'all might not be caught up with the superior Spider-Man slash Doc Ock character, Did y'all prefer and enjoy the storyline and ideas of there being a superior Spider-Man due to Doc Ock having a modified clone body of Peter? Or do you feel like it was time he returned to being his previous self? This is based on the superior comic, uh, Spider-Man comic that just came out a few months ago. I think there was a turn recently, no spoilers, but I'm guessing people could probably guess it. Um, thanks again for the wonderful show and have a nice day. Bye. Okay. First of all, your name is Brian from Merlin from now on. All right. Like <laughs> we really did think that was just a transcription error. Yeah, but that's it. I don't care where you're from. You're Brian from Merlin now <laughs> because that's I mean, that's it, what he said, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but that's what he is now. Welcome aboard. Yes. Welcome aboard, Brian. Um, so yes, superior Spider-Man is excellent. Um, I loved that whole run. I thought it lasted the perfect length of time. Totally. And when they brought him back, uh, when he went back to being Dr. Octopus in a cloned body of Peter, 
I, I mean, it made sense to me because they made such a point of saying how destroyed his original body was. Yeah, I mean, they had to. And so that was the only way that character was going to be able to persist. Um, and like, if you have a chance to clone yourself a new body, why would you want your tubby little <laughs> nerd body? Oh, I would be like fucking six, six ripped up black as hell. I would be so fucking tough. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, and I actually did uh, kind of enjoy that superior Spider-Man comic book, uh, when they brought it back a year or so ago. Um, I don't know if it's still going or if they just like secretly canceled it when the shutdown happened. Yeah, I have I, no clue. I think it secretly quietly got canceled. And, re- and but like re- in the first story arc, he fights Terax, which is awesome. Uh, he goes to uh, he goes to San Francisco or California, somewhere in California. And um, he immediately uh, blackmails the night shift into being his henchman. The Night Shift, if you don't know who they are, they are terrible West Coast Avengers villains from the 80s. We're talking like <laughs> Tatterdemalion, oh, Gypsy Moth, <laughs> The Living Zombie. Uh, the Brothers Grimm were in there for a while. Um, I'm looking yeah, and so like he blackmails them into being his henchmen and doing his dirty work for him. Okay, so you have uh, Brothers Grimm, Danson Macabre. Dancing Digger, the club, yeah. Gypsy Moth, and then Digger, former yeah, members easy. that included Hangman, Misfit, Needle, Shroud, Tatterdemalion, TikTok, Werewolf by Night, Satanish, and Mockingbird. The 80s were a wild time. Like Mockingbird was a member of the fucking <laughs> Night Shift? <laughs> Look, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought that that series was fun. Um, did I prefer it when he was in Peter's actual body? I mean, it was fun for that storyline, but I was glad when Peter came back. Yeah, I, um, I loved Superior Spider-Man and definitely. Now, I would argue by Joe Patrick's definition, which is puritanical and ridiculous, that it wouldn't technically be a face turn because he was still bad while he was Spider-Man. He was being Spider-Man. No, but he became but good. But he was still a bad guy. Yeah, he Right, act- but he became good at the end. That was the whole point of the arc is that by the end, he's like, you're right. You're a better hero than me. I need you. I'm giving up my own life so that you can come save the day. Sure. He redeemed himself. And then there. he went on to become a legit hero. That's a face turn. Fair enough. I loved it. I totally loved it. And I love if you're if we're gonna talk if we're gonna talk heel turns from Invincible, I think the biggest one in that book was Robot. When Robot like towards the, the latter half of the book, he's like, the earth is fucked. It can't be trusted to save itself. I'm taking over and robot conquers the earth. <laughs> uh, like that's a, that's a heel turn. But robot was also like, doing it because he thought it was the right thing to do. Yes. But I mean, doing bad things for the right reasons is still doing bad things. Fair enough. I just had that argument with, uh, about fucking black Adam and you were like, well, <laughs> what? He what was, do you mean? I was like, well, he was killing people in the streets. You're like, but they were bad people. <laughs> well, that was a joke, man. Obviously he was murdering people. Yeah. Uh, like my argument for Omni-Man is that Omni-Man was never actually good. He was just pulling the wool over people's eyes. That's, that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel in the spirit of a heel turn to me. A heel turn to me is like, you are a legit hero and you've decided you would rather be evil. I mean, because fair, of reasons, uh, tomato, tomato, I guess here is what I'm saying. When we and started reading the that end book, of that book, Omni-Man goes guy. back to being a good guy. Yeah, he definitely does. 
He's a complicated character. I'll agree with that. He's a complicated man and no one loves him but his woman. That's right. So let's get into us. Let's let's roll right into it. I already gave mine. Go, right. ahead, go ahead and give uh, your heel so turn. I don't know if I really have a favorite heel turn because in general, I really hate it when heroes become villains. I was I just about it. to say, I think it's way more difficult to sell a heel turn than it is to sell a face turn. And I don't know. I think I can count on one hand maybe how many times that I've even bought it, let alone liked it. You know like, what I, I mean? guess Jason Todd, after he came back from the dead and he had all that baggage, I was like, okay, well, sure. God, he was so annoying, though. Ugh. Yeah, but even, like, so he was a gang leader or whatever, right? He was a, he was a crime boss for a while. Yeah. I mean, uh, in that Judd Winnick run. But, and so, but then in the new 52, he was an anti-hero. He was just like, I'm, a, I'm, st- I'm like a member of the Bat family, but I carry guns. Yeah, I'm like Spawn. <laughs> sure, right, I'm like Spawn. Um, I just, I've never fa- bought it. Whenever they do it, like, it just seems so mustache twiddling. Like when Hal Jordan decides he's going to put out the sun and like, oh, I guess he's really bad now, you know, or Superboy Prime, yeah, for example, yeah, you know, I, or even like, like Hawkeye like, in the I, Marvel movies, like in, in Endgame, like I didn't need them to do that with Hawkeye. It was silly, you know, like just bring Hawkeye back. Show me he's depressed or whatever, but like I'm wearing a fucking weird outfit and murdering Yakuza. (laughs) Come on, dude. (laughs) Uh, You know, like I liked a lot of the stories that came from that parallax stuff, you know, but I like in the moment I was like, why'd you make Hal Jordan evil? Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. Um, My favorite face turn in comics has been for years Sandman Sandman turning his life around and becoming a good guy in uh, the Marvel universe. Oh, I thought you were going to say in Spider-Man three. No, no. Uh, (laughs) I'm really sorry. I tried to murder you, dude. (laughs) uh, Where at, at, you know, he just, at first he's just like, I'm giving up crime. You know, it's, it's just not really who I am. And he stumbles into an adventure with the Avengers and he becomes a reserve Avenger. And then he works with silver sable. Like I love Sandman as a good guy. I did too. And I was so sad when they made him evil again. Yeah, it was silly. Um, there's a couple that I love. I think Jeff Johns, what he did with Sinestro, that face turn where we found out why Sinestro did all the stuff that he did. And it was like to make Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern that he needed to be was just like that moment. It's silly when you say it out loud. It's silly. I know. But you, you read it and the way Jeff John sold it to you, it's like, fuck, yes, that is awesome. <laughs> like, I loved it. And it, like how Jordan even realized, like, oh, my God, you're not a bad guy. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, except he is a bad guy. Hey, Sinestro is a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, he is a bad guy. But he again, he has a different idea of how the universe should work. So he's sure. Com- and like, that's all the best bad guys, though. Complicated all the best guy. bad yeah. guys are the heroes in their own story. Complicated guy. Uh, but my favorite, hands down, is definitely Sabretooth. It's definitely Sabretooth. And they didn't do anything to show you like, Oh, Sabretooth figured out the evil of his ways or oh, Sabretooth killed the wrong little kid and now it's hurting him, his feelings. No, it was nothing like that. We got the Age of Apocalypse storyline and it opens with Blink running from evil X-Men and that are controlling Sentinels that are rounding up all the mutants. And she like runs into a building and she's like, you know, I, I thought this is it. I thought it was all over. She was like, and then 
you know, I realized everything was going to be okay. And there's a shadow of this like big dude there. That's like back off assholes or whatever. I can't remember what he says, but he like starts to fight. I the think it's back off assholes. Yeah, I think so. I think he has a surfboard and he says surfs up assholes. And, uh, she's like, I knew everything's going to be okay because Victor Creed was there. And then all of a sudden the next panel, it's like saber tooth wearing metal gloves. And you're like, Oh shit. This is a totally different reality because Sabretooth is a good guy. <laughs> like that's all it took. Like I in, thought you were gonna. I thought you were talking about where, when he got accessed. No, God, that was so dumb. And we thought they teased me. They teased me because like they invert. They got inverted. Is what it was. They got inverted. Yeah. Access was the was the storyline, but they teased right. us where they made some good guys became bad guys and some bad guys became good guys. And I was like, oh shit. Sabretooth is going to become a good guy again. They're going to do it and they're going to sell it and it's going to be fun. And they sort of did that. And then three months later, they were like, we're not really talking about that anymore, except it's still sort of stuck with Sabretooth for some reason. It didn't affect any of those other good guys who did really bad stuff because they're all back in their jobs and they're fine. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> like, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Hated it. God, it was so dumb. Ugh. All right, let's get out of here. I got laundry to do. All right, all right, all right. Head, set us up with a new question of the week. This week's question was submitted by our friend Rusky South via text message because that is just the kind of buddies we are. Hot damn. Do we have to start hitting out our phone numbers now? Is that what we have to do? Uh, Rusky has had my phone number for years, probably from our Fernando's days. Okay. And uh, yeah, he everyone's like at once every year. Two years, maybe I'll get a text from Rusky and he'd be like, Hey, it's Rusky. I'm like, I know, man, you're, I've got your name in my phone. <laughs> uh, he wants to know what's your favorite example of an old comic that probably wouldn't make it past editorial today. Oh, I love this. I actually had this idea this morning. I was listening to a podcast called wild, wild tech. And they were talking about why they blurred out or why they added hair to Daryl Hannah to cover her butt in the movie Splash for the Disney Plus like version. They absolutely did that. And he went into sure. the whole history of like how Touchstone Pictures was created by Disney to release Splash because it was a little more of an adult comedy. And why is that access like acceptable then, but now we have to edit that shit. So like problematic comics basically. Right. And so it can be content or or covers. Rusky's example was a cover. He sent me a picture of the cover uh, of Betty and Me number 16 from the 1960s where Archie is carrying Betty out of the water and he proudly exclaims that he had to quote beat off three other guys to rescue her <laughs> alright fellas don't rape her here's what I'm gonna do alright we'll come to a deal <laughs> just hear me out okay <laughs> I uh, love so it. Thank you to Rusky for the question. Uh, we do need more question of the week suggestions. So please hit me up on the forums or email. If you have my phone number, feel free to text it to me. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. So you know who you are. If you have it problematic comics next week, I love it. That is going to be fun. We'll be yeah, here. Stuff that just wouldn't fly today. Yeah. We're going to be here uh, or may or shouldn't fly today. Maybe it still does a little bit, but shouldn't. We can talk about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be here next Saturday. You can call us at 402-819-4894 and be just like Brian from Merlin, our new first-time caller, who we loved. It was so great. He calls at 8.05 on a Saturday. That's too damn early. Why are you awake that early? That's crazy. 
You can also send us an MP3, twoheadednerd at gmail.com or leave us a message on the phone number anytime you want. Thank you to everybody that called and played along and chatted at us and watched us on Facebook Live. We got to get out of here. Joe Patrick's got laundry to do. So my name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off.